Are you ready to take your cybersecurity skills to new heights? Look no further than Cybrary, the best way to learn cybersecurity skills online. With an accessible and affordable training platform, curated career paths, threat informed training, and certification preparation, Cybrary has everything you need to succeed. Visit cybrary.it today. Start for free and unlock your potential. Elevate your cybersecurity journey with Cybrary. Enjoy the podcast and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Hello and welcome back to the Cybrary podcast. I'm your host, Will Carlson, the direct Senior Director of Content here at Cybrary, and I am very privileged today to be joined by yet another of our Impact Hub partners, uh, women of Cyber Jitsu, the one and only Mary Galloway. Uh, Mari? Mary, correct me Mary. here. <laughs> Mary, great. Um, and to have a conversation about what it is that uh, Mary's organization does, what they're about. Um, we'll talk a little bit about her path and how she got to where she is and kind of the lessons learned along the way. Um, and, you know, then we'll talk specifically about, you know, I'm sure, uh, Mary, um, you know, both being a woman breaking into cybersecurity and being a woman of color breaking into cybersecurity. And, you know, some of the some of the struggles that are inherent in that and what your organization really is about to help address some of those things. Um, and we'll go from there. That sounds good to you, Mary. Sounds perfect. Let's do it. Okay, great. I'm going to step myself out of the way and let you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, kind of how you came to where you're at and what the, the mission of your organization is all about. Um, so like you said, I am Mary Galloway. I live in Las Vegas right now. Um, I moved out here to work for, um, one of the casinos here to do cybersecurity, help them build a, build a vulnerability management program, um, at the casino. Great experience. If you're interested in learning more about casino security, let me know. Um, it involves a lot of travel, a lot of cool people to meet. You get to meet a lot of the back, back of the house folks when it comes to what goes on in a casino. Um, I started as a network engineer back in 2009 for a company called Accenture in the D.C. area. I was uh, government contracting, so did that for seven years, um, worked for the for Homeland Security at U.S. CERT, now CISA, um, worked for Department of the Army, um, worked for various different, different organizations um, before I made the leap from government to private sector. So I am currently a sales engineer for a major um, security vendor. I won't say which one, uh, but I work in SOC automation. So helping organizations transform their SOCs and you know, help, um, help them automate their processes and you know, give their analysts more time in the day to do more fun threat hunting kind of stuff. Um, I found Cyber Jitsu in 2013. Um, I was looking for a study group. I had failed the CISSP. Uh, from months prior. Yeah. And I was mad. I missed it by four points. Oh, <laughs> four. I, was I don't know hurt. if that's better or worse. I don't know if it was one question or three questions. Oh. Or, and this is prior to um, the newer version of the test. So it was 250 questions, six hours. Um, <sighs> and so I was more upset that I had to pay another six or $700 than taking the test over again. And, um, but I needed to get the certification because somebody said, hey, I'll give you a job if you get the certification. So I found, I would, my contract was ending in North Carolina. I found a study group in um, DC and that's kind of how uh, I ran into Cyber Jitsu and you know, how I kind of got stuck. Lisa Jiggets, our founder was like, hey, I like how you think, come be on my board. I was like, oh, this is cute. A little after school club. <laughs> Here we are 10 years later. <laughs> 
Yeah, you, you stuck around with that club for a, for a hot minute, didn't you? Yeah, a hot minute, and it's it's been impactful. It's been powerful. It's been empowering to see the women um, that that come to the workshops, that come to the conferences, that come to volunteer, and just how their confidence increases and how they're able to you know move and navigate in the space. It's it's one of those things that you can't really find anywhere else unless you're in that give back the the volunteer space, the nonprofit space. And so it's been, it's been good. It is so interesting to me. I know, you know, I've had, I've had the privilege of having conversations with a, a number of our impact hub partners, and it's always so amazing sometimes in, in the worst of ways, honestly, of, I firmly believe that in order for us to succeed as cybersecurity professionals, what we really need is a diversity of thought and a diversity of solutions. And when you parse that against what our industry can tend to look like, I mean, I'll, I'll admit sometimes, Mari, it's like, Mary, how are we missing the boat? Like <laughs> when you look across the room and, and you know, I, everybody looks like me or admittedly, if everybody looked like you, I, I don't know that the expression of that matters nearly as much as it needs to be different. It needs to be different. We right. all approach problems and solutions so differently based on our mm -hmm. background, based on our upbringing, based on our hair, based on our unique expression of kind of just even just life as an individual is so important. Right. That I, I guess all that to say, it just makes me so thankful that there are organizations like yours that help us improve the diversity of our industry because I believe it's so very critical to success uh, as a field. Um, and it starts. Don't, with the it's going to be really hard. It, it starts with the employers too. They have to be open. They can't just say we want diversity of thought. We want diversity of this. They have to actually be open and like put forth the effort to actively recruit. Um, one of the things we would do here in Vegas is at the casino we'd have a. It was like a day where all of the different departments would come in and they'd have like a representative and they would talk about you know working in the beverage section or working at front desk or working in cyber. And so the kids would come to us and they'd be like, I never thought about cybersecurity as a career, right? And none of the employers are going into the high schools in these areas because they're like, well, they're not talented enough. They're not smart enough. But these are the kids that are right next to cyber, right next to the technology. You know what I'm saying? Like you need them. <laughs> Boy, Mary, I tell you what, I've, I've got three kids of my own and I, they, they, I like to think, having been an IT and a security professional for a number of years, that I've got a leg up on them, but I, I'm just waiting on that thing to come through where I realize, well, those, sorry, how did they get around that? And I, it's going to happen. If admittedly it's not already, I promise you, like they are so much smarter with technology than me because they 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 were they raised with it. It's, they, it's they were part raised. of who they are. Right. They didn't have to learn it. They just learned it because that's just they were born with a phone in their hand or a tablet in front of their face. <laughs> yeah, no, it's absolutely amazing. Um, so, you know, help me understand a little bit about, you know, what, um, you know, I understand why CyberJitsu exists and kind of who you are there to serve, but, but what are some of the things that you offer to, to your community of professionals or aspiring professionals to kind of help them succeed in those roles? Um, so as members of the organization, um, the one thing we like to do is provide low cost or free training opportunities and not just training around like, okay, get this certification. Here's the security plus training, or, you know, you need this certification. Here's this training, but training around concepts um, that people will use every day. So Python programming, we have that coming up soon. It's a workshop on how to 
you know, program in Python and how to do security stuff in Python, things you could actually use today. You know, you can automate some of the stuff that you do using Python or PowerShell or any of that stuff. And so we want to make sure that our training and those opportunities um, help our members hit the ground running when they get done. Um, we also offer leadership opportunities through volunteering for different committees we have for planning for the conference. We need help with that. If anybody's interested in volunteering, um, we have we go to conferences together so that people don't feel you know, like they're alone and we, we do lobby cons. Um, we also get access to a lot of free tickets to RSA, B-Sides, Black Hat, all these different conferences around the world so that we can help them bring more diversity into those conversations and also give exposure to um, our members and volunteers. Uh, what else do we do? Games, cyber games. We love cyber games. So uh, coming up next month, we have Wicked Six. Cyber games at the end of the month, and it's 3,000 women from around the globe, 24 hours playing games, um, having listening to conversations in some of their native languages. Um, we did this last year. So that was really, really a cool thing because folks that may have never had the opportunity to understand cybersecurity, they got the opportunity to understand it in their language. You know, so it's more than just, hey, let's have these events. It's, hey, let's have these events and be intentional about who we're trying to reach and what we're trying to do. That's such an interesting one to me. Um, cybersecurity is such a technical field. And I know living in an area that is very bilingual here in the United States myself, um, the quickest way I could tell whether somebody was a bilang bilingual speaker or their native language was not English was mm -hmm. how many technical words they knew uh, in that tongue. Um, so it, it, for me here, it's Spanish. So when you ask technical or legal or medical terms of somebody that's a Hispanic speaker, it's like, do they know it in Spanish or do they actually use it in a mix of Spanish and English? Mm. Um, so that's so interesting to me, being able to hear those things presented in your native language has had yeah. to be, I imagine, hugely empowering for, for everybody yeah. involved. Yeah. And it was, I listened to a few of the sessions and I was like, I have no idea what they're talking about, but I'm so excited that they're talking about it. <laughs> They could be talking crap about me, right? But it, the fact that it's in another language and it's it's reaching more people than we can reach, that's that's where the impact is. That's where the power is. Yeah, that's so interesting too, right? So here from from my seat at Cybrary, myself and the content team talk a lot about um, cognitive load. Okay. And you know how much we have to stop and process and think through all of these other things that kind of muddy the message. And, you know, language is such a powerful one of those, right? So if I'm trying to take in new information that's already complicated, but I'm having to run it through a translation layer of that's not my native tongue, like how much harder that is, that mm -hmm. hats off to you all for doing that. that. That's a really, really cool thing. And we do that in conjunction with, I don't know if you know the company Play Cyber. Um, mm -hmm. Our board president runs a cybersecurity marketing firm and so one of her branches is Play Cyber, where they uh, they focus on the cyber athlete. And so we do a lot of programming with them to build up this cyber athlete and get them involved in the games and that kind of stuff. It's it's that's actually really really cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. I wonder, you know, one of the things I know that you're you and the organization are really passionate about, and I, it's 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 probably not ironic that I was just having another conversation on, on a separate call about the importance of networking and how impactful that is to breaking into the space. I wonder if you could, you know, talk with me a little bit about that, you know, how that shows up for you, why that's important. Uh, yeah. So networking is super important. Um, for me personally, I think I've gotten 
most of my jobs through networking. <laughs> so um, that's how powerful it is. I think there was one job where I actually had to apply for something first and then I got the interview. But every job that I've ever had, it's because um, one, somebody helped me get my foot in the door. And then two, I was able to sell myself to whoever was hiring. Um, and that's that's really important. So it's not just about the networking, but it's about being able to sell yourself. But um, being unafraid to go out and talk to people. I tell folks, I did a LinkedIn learning course and I tell folks in there, if you're nervous, if you're introverted and you're like, I don't really want to go to these kind of events and meet people, meet people on LinkedIn, start there, find three people that have uh, similar interests or similar things that you want to do in your career, connect with them, say, Hey, you know, I saw your profile. I think, you know, we could, we could do some things together or whatever. Tell them who you are, tell them how you can help them. Um, and start that dialogue um, because that's that's really important. Um, and then it's not just the first interaction. You have to continue the conversation, right? So it doesn't have to be every day or every week, but, you know, once a month, drop a line and say, hey, you know, you, I remember you telling me about your daughter that likes this. Here's some cool stuff that's happening in the area or something, whatever it is. But you got to keep that relationship and that dialogue going because people will forget. We're all busy. Um but networking is super important. We try to have networking events all the time, whether it's through the workshops or happy hours or, you know, hey, let's just get on a session and talk talk through challenges. You know, what are we working on? Try Hack Me or uh, Pico CTF or Cyber stuff or whatever it is. Let's work together on this stuff. And we use that as a networking piece, too, because you're meeting new people and you're having to have those conversations of like, hmm, this person's pretty smart. Let me reach out and build that connection. Yeah, it's so interesting, right? I mean, again, I, I had the privilege of just getting off a webinar where we were talking with a, a number of people about how, how do you begin to break into the space? And, you know, there were so many people there that were, you know, unfortunately, like, well, I've been looking for four months, I've got a master's in cyber, mm -hmm. I just don't know what to do. And, you know, obviously, on a webinar, you can't solve all the problems for, for right. all of the people attending. But I, I have in my career and in my time mentoring run into so many people that it feels like they know they need to network. They don't necessarily know how to go about doing it. And we we tend to create, and I can imagine that it's worse uh, being a minority breaking into a, a largely homogenous field of <laughs> what well, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to say, or what are they going right. to say? Or do I really have the skills? Or, you know, the imposter syndrome is so bad as it is. And then you just tack on layers above that. And that, you know, that, that, that hits me, that hits home for me a little bit that, with organizations like what Cyber Jitsu does, is it, it's just people just like you. Just that it's just right. And I, I suffer from sometimes I walk in the room like, God, the only one again. But I use that as a strength, right? Because they don't know my story. They don't know what I've gone through. They don't know anything about me. So this is my opportunity to sell me, to sell my organization, to sell the work that I do. Um, but it's nerve wracking. I do it all the time now with my day job. You know, I go to customer sites and I'm the only female and it's a bunch of dudes in the group. And it's just like, here we go. But that's not a bad thing. Right. Because it's, it's forcing me to have more confidence and speak up and speak what I need to do. It's scary. It's, it's scary as heck. I'm not going to lie, but it's been very beneficial. Um, and most folks, a lot of the people I talk to, they're like, yeah, we're trying to figure out how to bring more women in, more minorities, you know, bring the diversity. And so a lot of the folks on the lower levels, they want to help make change. Um, 
And it's not necessarily our responsibility to do that, but we can help with that. You know, we can have those conversations and, you know, call people out when it's like, hey, that was, you can't say that or you can't do that. And it's not how you treat people, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's going to be scary, but don't be afraid. Embrace it. Jump in there. Um, be authentic. People are like, don't be authentic. I'm like, I have red hair and a mohawk. <laughs> so... You know what? I know it's, it's tough when your, your goal is to get a job in a field that you want and hopefully to have a paycheck, but I don't know if, if they've got problems with your hair, then I'll go somewhere else. Listen, <laughs> you would be surprised. Um, we can talk about that offline, but you'd be surprised. Oh, and I'm sure being a sales yeah. engineer, like you run into it often, like you, you probably have that, you know, the look that a person on the other end of the call gets like, yeah. Uh, Yep, this is going to be one of those calls. It's going to be one of those calls. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, luckily, none of our customers, none of my customers have ever had an issue. <laughs> so That's great. Yeah. Um, we can be so so vain and trivial about such such silly, <laughs> silly little things. Um, it, I, I love what you said, though, about it being a, a strength, because I think what an amazing opportunity for somebody that's not like everybody else to come in with authority and speak with confidence mm -hmm. and be memorable. That part, like, that part. I I don't don't want to compare myself to you know the, the the struggles that some people endure trying to break into this field. But for me, um, I kind of look like in a lot of ways everybody else. So um, to stand out <laughs> and to be different sometimes can be its own sort of challenge. And again, not comparing them as even being closely the same. But I think we do have to be mindful of what, what are my strengths? How can I make a difference? Like, and I do think again, if we really all believe that the place of diversity of thought and opinion and approach in cybersecurity is so important, then we should live on that. We, we should, should live on, yeah. you should spring forward from that and make exactly. that part of who you are and your value. And if somebody doesn't see that value, go talk to somebody. Probably not the right place to be. Right. That part. And, and it's not even just, you know, gender or race or ethnicity. It's also, you know, encouraging and, and, and bringing folks in with disabilities. You know, there's COVID, I swear, while it sucked for a lot of people, COVID opened up the perimeter of every organization to where they can now reach into rural areas and reach into folks that they couldn't do before. Like you're giving these people that don't have access an opportunity to change their life, to change your situation. And it's just like, you guys have so much power and you don't tap into that power. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's, it's so amazing to your point. Like I know Cyberry is, is fortunate to have a partnership with Melwood's ability mm -hmm. program and they, they reach into um, uh, neurodiverse communities. Okay. Um, and but they say it's right there on the top, right? They're neurodiverse. The way they approach problems, the way they solve problems, the way they see solutions is so different. And it's not better or worse. It's just that. It's, it's just, just different. different. Exactly. And that can be a superpower for some problems. Yes, it can be a struggle in other areas. But I think for me and, and for, you know, I think us at Cyber, it's safe to say that it's, you have to approach the whole person. Yep. Yep. And I don't know. I've never worked with anybody in my life, myself included, that was perfect and amazing. <laughs> we all have our baggage. We all have our hangups. We all have things we're good at and things we're miserable at. And there's all probably parts of our jobs that we're not good at and somebody else is better at. And that's right. That's just part and parcel. That's just, that's life. There's always going to be somebody that can do something better. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. You should embrace it. Like, oh, good. I don't have to do that part of it because you can do this much better than me and I can focus on something else. A hundred percent. I wonder, so, you know, having said how important networking is and connecting with humans and, you know, as humans, right. And, and identifying their strengths and their weaknesses and how you can help them and how they can help you. It's, you know, it's so important. And there are many organizations, uh, cyber jitsu being one among them at doing amazing work. Um, but particularly for women that are wanting to build, come into cybersecurity, like, is it as simple as joining a group like Cyber Jitsu? Is it, is that, you know, if I do that, I, I tick the networking box and now I'm set. Um, so no, it's not that simple. Um, <laughs> you got to put some work in. <laughs> um, but getting with an organization and, and volunteering, right. Um, contributing, even if you, if your brand spanking new, you have a skill, doesn't matter what the skill is. Like if you, if you're coming from business, okay, volunteer and help with the business side of the organization. If you come from one of our members, uh, Tracy InfoSec Sherpa, she's a, she was a librarian. I, I got to, I got a chance to do a podcast with Tracy. I, and I, I reference her so often because it's such an amazing it path is. in that people just go, wait, what? Like, yeah, she's Tracy was a librarian and now she's in cyber threat intelligence and the right. way that she thinks and solves problems exactly. and catalogs information makes exactly. her uniquely talented to do that kind of work. Do that kind of work. And it's like, you have a skill, teachers, um, real re retail workers, you know, you, you have customer service experience. You can go on the sales side of things. You can, I mean, there's so many different avenues that people can go in. I think most folks are focused on being pen testers, not realizing that. There's red team, so there's vulnerability management, there's pen testing, there's GRC, there's blue side of things with forensics and incident response and stock, and there's training and education, and there's just all of these different areas that you can go into with your skill set. And then transition from, once you're in, you transition. Um, joining an organization is the first step. Um, networking is the second step. Um, showcasing your skills and talents and things that you're working on is another step. So if you're working on, you know, some cyber challenges, okay, showcase that. Do some write-ups. Talk about it. Put it on your LinkedIn. Um, Build a GitHub with your Python. Get on GitHub with your Python. Exactly. Like, um, just putting yourself out there. And a lot of folks will say, well, I didn't have to put myself out there to get blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's great. But we're in the time of social media. And we're in the, we're in the era of everything has to be on the internet. So put your stuff on the internet. You don't have to put your personal life, just put the stuff you're working on, you know, um, and stay connected. You got to, the biggest thing I tell everybody, take initiative because nobody's going to hold your hand. Nobody's going to come and say, Hey, Mary, I'm going to hold your hand and walk you through your entire 40 year career in cybersecurity because, uh, no, <laughs> they've got their own stuff to do. But take the initiative. You know, if somebody gives you an opportunity, follow up. Make sure you you jump on that if it if it fits for what you're trying to do, because um, it's super easy to burn bridges in this space right now. And you sometimes you have to burn a bridge, um, but that should be your last result result. Uh, that should be the last thing you do. It shouldn't be the first thing you do. And so you want to make sure you're doing those things, um, and then connect with me on LinkedIn, of course, and then we can connect people. <laughs> no, I think that's absolutely right. Um, you know, you talk about showcasing what you do and, and I think that's so, so very important. Like, I, I think there's, you know, a little bit of a formula emerging here, right? Like connect with other people to help you find a mentor, find somebody like I always encourage people 
it's so interesting to me and in talking to people that want to break into the field and like somebody that decides they want to be a CISO, like they want their mentor to be a CISO. And I always encourage them. I was like, that's, that's fine. That's a great perspective to have, but what's the next step from where right. you're at right now? And they go, Oh, I don't know. And it's like, well, well did the CISO CISO. <laughs> because the CISO has probably been so far removed from that <laughs> next step that they can't really even advise you there. So don't, don't, don't narrow your view of who your mentor can be either. Like help can come from so many places. Like, again, have a diversity of opinion there too. Like don't take one person's word for it. Like I want to be a pen tester. So I'm only going to talk to a pen tester. Well, how many other fields are you not hearing from because you're not willing to talk to somebody that does something different because you think you know what it is that you want and that you yep. need? And you probably don't even want to be a pen tester. Probably, it probably sucks for you, but because that's what you know and that's what you hear. And you can have more than one. You don't have to have the same one mentor. You can have multiple. Um, I've got plenty of mentors. I have a whole, my advisory team that I call them my cheerleaders. So I've got a bunch of folks that are different positions, you know, entrepreneurs, um, engineers, VPs, directors, CEOs, because they all have a wealth of knowledge and I can go to them and say, hey, I need your help. I need your assistance. But I but, thought you were supposed to have one person that always got it right and told you exactly what to do. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> me myself. I'm the only one that's right, but <laughs> no, but it's been, it's over my, geez, I said 2009, right? So 2013. So this will be my 14th year in tech and cyber. Um, I've had a lot of different folks that have mentored me that don't even realize that they, they were doing that. Like, and those are the kind of relations, the mentor relationships that I like. Um, they're not forced. It's not a, you know, because you have these qualities, we're going to match you with this person because you may not even like the person. Oh, I mean, it's I'm great. so glad you said that like that, that that's near and dear to me having been a mentor on the cyber community. And again, that's just one expression of a group that is right. there for that. There are so many others. So find one that resonates with you, but it's so, so interesting to see somebody come in and be so pushy about needing one mentor and they want to have regular face-to-face -face time. And they're just so restrictive about what that looks like. And it's, it's hard for me because that presumes that you're going to find the right person the first time around first with time. all the answers for you mm -hmm. that has an exhaustive view of what you need to do, uh -huh. how you need to get there. And again, we like, we narrow it to that one little thing when, again, it's the diversity of opinion and experience that matters most because you just don't know what you don't know until you start talking to people. And it's up to you as the, the person that's getting that advice at the end of the day to still figure out what advice you're going to take and what you're not. Right, right. Yeah. Don't expect your mentor to tell you what to do and to pave the way to your point. Like, oh, here, <laughs> let me hold your hand and get you your name. That's not how it's going to work. It's work. It's, it's work and you have to put the work in. And even when you have a mentor, your mentors tell you to do stuff like here, do this assignment or here, do this activity or this exercise. And you better do it when you come back to talk to them the next time. Otherwise they're not going to want to be your mentor anymore. If you don't listen. Yeah. There's <laughs> there. Yeah. That's a tough one too. It's like, wait, do you want me to do it for you? Because that's not how this is. Like, that's not doing anybody a service. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, you know, I know you've got a, a conference coming up pretty soon. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Cyber Jitsu Day. So it'll be, so we've coined a day in June every year for Cyber Jitsu Day. And it includes our conference, Cyber Jitsu Con. This will be the fourth one that we've done. Um, the second one in person and virtually. 
Um, it'll also have our 10th annual Cyber Jitsu Awards event happening afterwards. So right now the call for papers for both of those are open. Um, if you want to speak, if you want to get on a panel, if you want to do a workshop, um, sign up. We have a great crew of folks who are going to review all of those CFPs and select who we feel is going to be a, um, a good fit for the event. It's usually um, workshops that we have. We'll have four or five different workshops on different things like pen testing, forensics, threat intel. Um, we'll have conversations around career and how to develop your career and how to brand. And uh, we'll have some stuff in the Career Center for reviewing resumes and interviewing and headshots. Um, and then we have our main track talks of just emerging technology, um, stories from the stories from the field, um, things pr pretty much our goal is when you leave out of Cyber Jitsu Con, um, at the end of the day, you have tangible things that you can take and do at work on Monday. Um, and then the awards, we're recognizing women, um, and we have a category for the allies that say, hey, you've done amazing work with the community, you've done a lot of good stuff, a lot of cool things. We're thinking about introducing a partner award this year um, to highlight some of our partners um, outside of just having their logo and talking about them. Um, but it's a really fun day. It's, it's, it's not super formal. You don't have to dress up in suit and tie. If you want to, you can. I will not be in suit and tie. I will probably be in something fashionable like always because um, I like fashion and I want people to realize that you don't have to look a certain way to be in the space. Yeah, to get to the higher levels, you might have to do some things. You might have to change some things up, but um, you don't have to be in suit and tie all day. You don't have to be in hoodies all day. You can you can be who you are. Oh, but if you're a pen tester, you have to wear the hoodie and gloves. There you go. We might order some hoodies for the conference this year. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, you said something about, you know, the, the calls for papers and it makes me think, you know, something I, I, I think I know how you'll answer this question, but you have to be an expert to speak at a conference, right? Nope. Nope. Not at all. Right. Newbies can come too. Um, and if you, and if you submit and there is an option that says I'm a new speaker, I'd like a mentor. Um, we do try to partner newer speakers with somebody to help them develop their presentation and their, and, and what they're going to talk about. Um, and those sessions are usually about 25 minutes or so um, because it's really scary and nerve wracking to give your first presentation on a stage. I've done it a million times and every single time I still get nervous. Oh, like, yeah, I so still funny, feel right? like I'm going to fall off the stage. And <laughs> Nerves are a human experience. Like you, yeah. you can, I, I think if they, if they weren't there, then you should be more concerned. Uh, right. Exactly. Everybody's nervous. Uh, but yeah, newbies, we, we, we actually, like, we want the seasoned folks, but we really, really want more new speakers, especially women and minorities, to come in and, and just talk about their experience, talk about something that's important to them as it relates to cybersecurity, talk about, you know, the AI stuff that's happening right now. And, like, how do we as security professionals navigate this? Those kind of things. We, we want to hear that, and our members want to hear that. Yeah, and I know here at Cyber, we talk often about, and we're we're at work hard at work as hard as we can be every day, trying to solve the the capacity, capability, and confidence mm -hmm. problems. You know, we talk about kind of the three C's. Like, there's just not enough people with all the skills needed for us as an industry to do what we need to do. And you know, aside from the 3.4 million, I I could care yeah. less about the number, <laughs> and I I don't like to get down in the weeds there because it I think just derails the bigger conversation, and that's that there are open roles that employers are struggling to fill, not because there aren't people applying for them, but to your point, like there aren't people applying for them that can demonstrate the skills that they're going to step into the role to solve a business problem tomorrow, and that may be because they don't have the skills, that may be because 
they aren't articulate and haven't practiced interviewing. That may there's thousands of reasons for that. And I think so often we get in this really unhealthy Spider-Man meme finger pointing, like whose fault is it? <laughs> well, it's it's all these job posts that have asked for CISSP for entry level careers. Like, yeah, I'll admit that's absolutely ridiculous. Right. Full but. stop. <laughs> totally ridiculous. But do you want to fixate on that and say that's the problem? Or do you want to, I think what, you know, cyber jitsu is really trying to empower women to do is like invest in yourself, pour into yourself, yourself. connect with the right people, solve the problems that are in front of you. Like, you know, we may even all be able to, with a clear head, admit, yeah, some of these problems shouldn't be problems today. That, but, part, that part, but it is. And it's, it's, it's a, it's mostly a confidence thing, honestly. Um, I've heard members say I won't apply for something because I, I don't meet the qualifications 100%. There's jobs that I won't apply for because I'm like, I don't meet the qualification 100%. But I'm like, but I have the skill. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess who should be the judge of that? You, that part, or, the you hiring or, or the hiring person? Right. <laughs> the judge of that, not me. But don't short yourself the opportunity before you even try. This is true. And so, you know, I apply for things and. I'm just like, yeah, but what do I really want to do? And I think the other problem is people don't know what they want to do. And so it makes it difficult. And they, they see on social media, Twitter is the worst for this. I make, you know, $200,000 as an entry-level person coming into cyber. Like, really? That's not normal for everybody. So you Yeah, we have such a celebrity that. mentality as a culture anyway, right? <laughs> like we all want to be the thing that very few people can be. And there's such a degree of, of, of gray in the middle there that's totally fulfilling when you align that work with your purpose as a person. That part. What's your why? Like, it's great you got $200,000, but maybe that person knows how to negotiate the heck out of a salary and they negotiated the heck out of that salary. You know and they may be absolutely miserable in that role because they hate it yeah, or hate it. <laughs> dealing with imposter syndrome that's unbelievable every single day in their personal mental life is totally abysmal. Yeah. And like, you just don't, yeah, you, just I, you know, I always, I always have heard, and, and, and I believe this, that comparison is a thief of joy. <laughs> it totally is. Oh, but we do it. So we do, we all do it and we don't even do it. It's not necessarily intentional. Sometimes it just happens. And Social networks don't make it easier, but that's all fake. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not real. And even though parts of it might be, we can't focus on that part of it. I'm guilty of it sometimes, too. Because I'll, I'll look and be like, dang, they're doing some really good stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, so, so are we. Let's partner. Let's figure out how we can work together as a group. You know, I'm all for partnering with other organizations to help move the mission and vision forward for all of us. Yeah. And, you know, as, as much as we, we, as an industry struggle with, you know, in some ways, diversity and inclusion in other ways, I've not been in another career field in my entire life that was as inviting mm. as cybersecurity in general. Like, yes, are there pockets of the cybersecurity Twitter dumpster fires that you can find? <laughs> totally there are. Like, just don't put yourself in those communities. Like, right. avoid those people. Avoid there them. are so many supportive, inclusive, mm -hmm. helpful cybersecurity communities. And I think it comes, at least for me, my opinion for what that's worth is <laughs> it's a little bit of shared suffering, right? Regardless of what that is, like very few other roles can you go to work every day where an adversary has meaningfully tried to undo your work from the previous Boom. day. Like Thank we are, we right. really do fight an adversary <laughs> daily. Daily. Like, I, you know, so many of our, our, 
content creators and instructors and researchers, when Log4j hit, like, you know, I'll, I'll share a little bit. Um, from the Cyberry perspective, our content production ground to a halt. Because they had to focus on that. They were all doing their work. They were doing work. <laughs> 80 hours a week of it, bless them all. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of them like, oh, I don't ever want to go back to that again. And it was really, really, really tough. But I think that's the kind of the, to me, that's the foundation of the community that we live in. Like when you yeah. have that kind of suffering and you have that kind of passion for yeah. a calling that I believe cybersecurity is, like communities spring up around those kinds of things. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's why I work where I work, because our goal is to, this is not a sales pitch, but our goal is to help organizations prevent or block those things from happening. So understanding your attack surface, understanding your assets, understanding the holes in the environment and where things can go and, you know, the, helping with threat hunting type of stuff, because that's what's going to, the sock is changing. So anybody that wants to go into a sock, the sock is changing. Um, we saw with chat GPT that just popped up and like people are using that to do things. That's only going to grow. And that's going to start trickling into the tools and the products that these organizations use. Right. Um, so one way for folks trying to break into the industry is to follow the trend and see where that puck is moving towards, right? Okay, automation, let me start to look at this. AI, let me start to research and look at this so that I'm ahead of the game and I know what's going on because that's that's going to be the difference between you and somebody else that doesn't do that work. That's the initiative. How many people I've had in my IT career that said, oh, I don't want to automate. Like, well, why not? Well, it takes time and I could just solve the ticket faster. Okay. Well, how many times Wrong. have you done that thing? Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, once you get them past that hurdle, they're like, I don't want to automate myself out of a job. And I was like, you won't. You won't. You'll you automate won't. yourself into a job because, you know, not to be too abysmal about it, but you might be automating other people out. So do you want to be the one automated <laughs> out or do you want to be the one automating? Like, and again, that's yeah. maybe a little bit of a callous way to approach that, but where do you want to be on the spectrum? The one with the skills to help the organization and to your point to follow the puck, or do you want to be the one that the puck's not anywhere around anymore and you've seen yourself out of the game? Exactly. Yeah. And th th that's, that's the difference between, and that's in any, any industry. That's the difference between the good workers and the great, leaders they know that they're they're thinking ahead versus just in the present so yeah and i think we have a disproportionate amount of those in cybersecurity again because i i firmly believe that this is truly a calling and like it always pains me a little bit to hear people that you know when you ask them and you're you're interviewing with them as a mentee like well why do you want to get into cybersecurity it's like oh it seemed interesting and i hear there's six figure jobs yeah that's exactly why they want to do it <laughs> it's like Okay, but do you have a do you have a passion for anything? Like, what do you like to do? Yeah, and okay. then they don't know, and then it, it, it's just such a big disconnect because this is you know to our previous discussion <laughs> about things like Walk for J. This is hard work. It's hard work. It's constantly changing, constantly evolving. You got to stay you're up, not keeping stay up. There's somebody that yeah. will be that's interested in your position, and that doesn't. I mean, again, I don't want to paint it as it's an adversarial thing because it's certainly not. Um, but it's a lot of work to do this. I had somebody tell me a long time ago that. Well, if you can see yourself doing anything else, go do that other thing. <laughs> and I was really frustrated with him at saying that. I was like, I cannot, I was insulted. I, like, I cannot <laughs> believe you just said that. Like I, I, but his advice was actually spot on. And it was that's trying to dig at, are you passionate about this thing? Yeah, that, that's because it's going to take money. It's going to take time. It's going to take 
sleepless nights, you know, um, it's like the medical field, same thing. You got to be passionate about this because if you're not, this might not be the place for you. So not everybody wants to hear that message, do they? They don't. I, we, <laughs> a few years ago, I posted that on Twitter and I swear the Twitter verse went nuts and was like, I don't need, I don't need to know my why for being in cyber. My why is because I want to make money. I said, okay, that's fine. But what happens if you get laid off? What happens if you if you get laid off and you can't find another job that's paying you what you were making then? Does that is money still your why for getting into cyber? It's fine that you want to get in it for cyber, but there needs to be another reason outside of just the money. Maybe I want to recession proof my my life or you know whatever it is. But what's the bigger picture? Because when you get tired of this this industry, this job, whatever it is, or frustrated, you're going to want to leave because you're you don't have a, you don't have a why for why you're doing it. Yeah, so interesting. So again, I, I alluded earlier to kind of a formula here, right? So you, you got to get in, you got to connect with real people. You got to connect with them in real ways. Yep. You you certainly need to have the skills and abilities to do the thing. Like you you shouldn't you shouldn't be getting a job if you can't do the work. Right. You got to be able to represent yourself well and sell yourself. That's why it was so interesting and why I dug in on the, the call for papers because I was pretty confident what the, <laughs> what the organization's opinions on that would be. And it's just such an amazing thing. Like I talked to so many people that they're so frustrated. They, like they have a degree, they have a certification, they're coming from IT and they just can't get a role. And then you role play with them and interview and they're just so uncomfortable. They cannot meaningfully make it through an interview because thousands of reasons, the reasons matter less than the outcomes. Right, right. Um, but you've got to be able to sell yourself. It's so very important with confidence, without yes. you know, without being arrogant as well. Like that that can be a real turnoff for some employers too. Like it's hard work, but I think that's such an interesting way to solve that problem. And, you know, I understand in my conversation with you today that that's, you know, cyber jitsu sits squarely in a place to try to address those things for women that are trying to break into or are in cybersecurity. And I have the experience. So like I've, what people are facing, what they feel like right now, I've, I've experienced that, you know, I, it, I wasn't the greatest at doing interviews. I wasn't the most confident back in the day when I started, I had to, I, I gained those skills and that confidence over time, but even still now, sometimes I'm just like, Oh, that person's smarter than me. I probably shouldn't be doing this. You mean those CISOs didn't start as CISOs? They didn't just wake up and spring out of a head fully formed and they're ready to have a CISO role? And that's even assuming, and I don't mean to aggrandize a CISO, like that's not the ultimate instinct, right? Security engineer, like fill in the blank of whatever role you wanted. Like they didn't start there. They had to start someplace, you know? And when I got started, cybersecurity wasn't a big term yet. Um, security was the thing. Homeland security was there because of 9-11. Information assurance. Information assurance, yes. Accreditation, certifications and accreditations. That's what I was doing, you know. And so um, the whole buzz thing around cybersecurity, it's like, wow, okay. Why didn't IA take off like this? Because IA wasn't pen testing or digital forensics. <laughs> IA is papers and, you know, tests and boring stuff for people. And uh, But it's, it's not a bad place to be honestly, because you learn the ins and outs of systems. I learned so much about Cisco devices in those roles. And I was like, Cisco's my thing. I'm out to be the CCIE times eight, whatever type. And then I was like, yeah, no, mm -mm. <laughs> I don't want to go that high. <laughs> Living in that blasted command line for the rest of your life. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm going to stick to this side over here because security's fun. 
you know? And, you know, you mentioned all the diverse roles and I, I, I think back to the top of our conversation today, like there's, there's also like the, the sales engineer role, right? So yeah. it's, a, it's such an interesting, com, such an interesting kind of connection of having the technical skills, understanding mm -hmm. a product, understanding how to value align that, what that product solves to the organization that you're selling it into, helping them find success with the product, being articulate and putting a proposal together or managing a POC or yeah. answering the questions for your internal team that they can't answer themselves for a customer. Like such a really interesting area to Very exist. dynamic. Yeah. Um, that, you know, some would say, well, well, that's that's not a sock roll. That's not a pen test. Roll. No, it's not. But it's, it's not. It's critically important. And I, <laughs> I I wager to say, Mary, I, I you know I never had you as an SE, but I wish I had more that were like you. And I wish more security solutions providers had more <laughs> security engineers and and salespeople that were less concerned about peddling a solution and more concerned about solving problems. Which yeah. You I, I wasn't going to be a sales engineer. A friend of mine has been trying to get me to be one my entire career. And I just took the role in March and I was just like, whoa. But I will say it's it's a very rewarding type of role because I still have to know all of my products. I have four. I have to know them like the back of my hand. I have to stay up to date with everything that's going on and all of the different updates and things like that. But it's and one of know the problems that they solve. And the Exactly. Like, how does this solve this person's use case? And the commissions don't hurt, I will say that. So you get your base salary plus the commission. So you can actually make more <laughs> money on that side, but that's sales in general. Um, and there's a, there's a little bit of selling, but once you start to get comfortable in your own skin, and we have a lot of introverts that aren't that are sales engineers and they're really, really good. They can turn that on and then they can turn it off when they need to. Um, so I definitely recommend people look at the sales engineering side, um, solutions architect side that's on pre-sales as well. Like, those kind of roles are still technical. They're still very important and they're still very useful. No, that's great. So, so again, circling back here to make sure nobody missed anything, right? So, uh, you know, Mary and her organization, One More Cyber Jitso, is totally interested in helping you out, um, helping you break into the field, providing you the support that you need to be kind of a whole person in the role and to have everything that you need. Hats off to the organization. We're super thrilled to have you as an Impact Hub partner. And we look forward to, continuing to partner to bring our solution uh, you know, into your organization and the people that you serve, uh, all again for the, the purpose of you know, helping us solve the capability, capacity, and confidence problems in our industry today. If you want to break into the field and what we've talked about today is interesting to you, um, and especially if you're in the Nova or the, the DC metro area, um, conference coming up relatively soon, go on the website, connect with the organization. Mary, I'm, I'm confident that people don't connect with you, your encouragement would be to find an organization. And find an organization, yep. And I can recommend um, most of the organizations that are probably on the Impact Hub page. We're, we're I'm cool with all of them. Um, and so we always will send people, we, we send folks back and forth between the organizations and we, we partner on resources and things like that. So um, if it's not us, we'll help you find that home. Yeah. Page. I think at the end of the day, you know, why we're aligned and why we're all all here, um, particularly the Impact Hub partners in cyber is that we have a shared mission. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we want to help people and we want to help the space. And this is kind of how we go to work doing that. Mary, thank you so much for talking with me today. It sincerely has been a pleasure. I hope um, a lot of people find you, find Cyber Jitsu, and, you know, have an amazing conference. Yes, thank you. I hope to see all of you there. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks. Cyber.
the premier cybersecurity skill development platform, is empowering individuals and teams to secure the future of technology. See why 3 million people have already signed up when you visit www.cybrary.it.